Welcome back to Everything All at Once, the podcast where we follow the lives of an almost 20-year-old. I'll be 20 in two weeks, three weeks? I think two weeks, which is insane. Um, And we dive into the neuroscience behind it. It is Francesca, and we are back with another episode. So much to dive into this week. The topic is pet peeves, what creates a pet peeve, how it is encoded in our brain slash what brain activity occurs when we encounter a pet peeve of ours, why are some pet peeves universal, if we all lead very different lives, how can we be annoyed by the same select interactions, and the top pet peeves of 2020 and some of my pet peeves. But first, a life update per usual. Let's get into it. It's officially one month of me living in Boston, and I could not be more happy and excited. I had the best morning of my whole life and I'm going to tell you about it right now. So I got up and I just let myself lie in bed, nowhere to be, just lie there. And then I got dressed, did some yoga because my back needs some stretching. I need to start doing some stretching at night for sure. But then I went on a really long walk along the Charles River Again, like I did last week, I did crash a walk slash 5k of some sort. This one was for type 1 diabetes. I feel so bad. I need to start checking a website or something to see when events are happening on the Escalade. Is that what it's called? Escapade? I don't know. But the river path because everybody had shirts and teams and kids running around. It was a family event. And then there's me speed walking trying to get out of the crowd no joke the entire walk i was surrounded by people so i left the river path early and then i decided to go to Trader joe's because it's a little farther than i would normally walk to get groceries but i was like you know what i'll walk there and take the tea back so i ended up walking a total of six and a half miles yeah And then around Trader Joe's, I found a Buffalo Exchange, which is a common thrift store chain. I went inside and I found a really cute brown fall sweater. And then after that, I picked up coffee, obviously on the way. Went to Trader Joe's, went into a bunch of novelty stores around there, which are just like little everything stores with Boston knickknacks, cute little notebooks, stationery, select alcohols, honey, you name it, they had it. And I stumbled along a cute bookstore as well. And everybody has their happy place. You know, you have the beach, you have your house, you have your house around Christmas time. You all have some sort of place where you feel like is a safe haven for you bookstores are my happy place. When I close my eyes, I imagine myself I'm in a bookstore and this bookstore not only had a very good selection, it also had a cafe inside and more Boston novelty items. So it took every ounce of self-restraint not to buy anything because I have no money. It was so cool to explore regardless. Then I went to Trader Joe's, got my groceries, got some fall items. I got this loaf of pumpkin everything sliced bread like it not okay the bread isn't pumpkin i got pumpkin o's and a loaf of everything bread so good gas 10 out of 10 fire the pumpkin o's 
and the bread everyone should go get it and i made myself the best breakfast ever on said piece of bread it was delicious it was so peaceful then i just took one of those everything showers and now i'm here i could not feel better could not feel more amazing could not feel more relaxed could low-key fall back asleep right now it's been great i encourage everybody to have one day a week like this where you just completely shut down i've been feeling a lot of guilt for giving myself more breaks this year every day and just setting more boundaries i feel i've always been used to a go 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 but ever since i got my surgery and have really learned to appreciate life without having to do a million things to feel fulfilled it's almost as if a flip has switched in my brain where i i still feel guilty for not being go 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 even though i am most days but i come home at like 7 8 p.m and then i literally disassociate for two hours and when i go to bed i feel guilty about that i should have been doing something i should have been doing this should have been doing that because last year after i was on school i would just go hang out with friends afterwards but instead i just come home and i just shut down maybe i need to i definitely want to incorporate stretching because of my back after i get home from school obviously but i'm just looking for ways to feel anxious my life has literally never been going not that it's going like amazing but it, it i'm i'm really happy for the first time and it's the first time i'm really happy without doing a million things to feel fulfilled where i'm fulfilled and feel more grateful than ever for everything i have access to everything my body's able to do everything i'm able to do i'm just approaching this new life of being here with so much gratitude and i'm really grateful for my surgery for giving me that i don't think i would be able to appreciate anything as much as i do now without having to gone through that process of literally having to learn to live life without being able to drive bend lift twist once it's all sort of stripped away from you you don't really get to appreciate doing what i did this morning like just having a day where i can go and do things myself it's liberating and i don't know i'm just having a major moment of gratitude anyways back to another a fun life update uh men are fucking boring okay men men are boring men are vanilla i'm trying to talk to said men and men are fucking vanilla they're giving me nothing i literally would have never put myself out here like out there last year as much as i am right now like i'm dead ass putting in so much fucking work for what yeah i don't know it was good like give me something anything my god like i can take a hint if you're not interested but like you seem pretty interested the other weekend so you let me know because i'm ready this is ridiculous and my mom keeps asking me i told her the story of basically this week i had two tests at neuroscience and organic chem and during my organic chem test i was telling my mom how the guy next to me was mentioning how he takes his best tests and gets the best results when he's sick i've been doing everything in my power not to be sick college sick season is upon us i'm watching too many people cough sneeze sniffle i'm not trying to be a part of the group anyways i sit a few seats away from him i just casually move myself and my mom got out of that story was that guy cute did you get his number she's been asking me if i've met anybody since she dropped me off 
I don't know if this is concerning on my mom's part or my part, but I think it's because I've never had a boyfriend or a significant other and she's getting concerned. As am I, honestly. I'm I'm getting pretty concerned for myself. (laughs) I'm like, am I not going places and meeting people? And I was listening to a podcast today where they mentioned that most people find their significant others when they are in a class or in a hobby of some sort because why would you go out of your way to meet somebody doing something you don't like when that could just end up in you not having a lot in common with them versus you naturally being in an environment that you love like a run club or I don't know I can only think of gym things right now CrossFit and you meet somebody and you bond over that and that's most likely going to be more successful so I don't know why I am like sitting back every weekend absolutely bamboozled by the fact that I didn't meet my husband at a fucking frat party. I don't even like frat parties. So I don't know why I'm thinking I got myself out there like this is the one. I got to go to bars, got to go out. Like I don't even really I like going out, but I don't want to meet somebody whose whole life is like frat, yeah, beer, (laughs) nicotine. (laughs) I don't want that because I'm not like that. And I have my own shit going on. Like, I hold my own. And I want somebody who matches my energy and gives me the same energy back. Just a little rant for y'all. But I've yet to find somebody. So if anyone knows anybody, please hit me up. Also, I had a choice to go to a frat party or make a connection with a new friend. And I chose new friend. And I could not be more grateful. And... Like I said, men are boring and friends are forever. So put your energy toward making girlfriends, being social. Making friends is like dating. Basically, you have to date girls to make friends. You have to meet them at a coffee shop, meet them to study, meet them to go thrifting. Like you got to put in work and it's time and it's energy, but it's so worth it. And I don't think I really understood the value and prioritizing social interactions as much as I do right now. I know I mentioned this last update, but just have to emphasizing it. Keep emphasizing it. Anyways, that is what is going on in my life right now. Let's get into a fucking hot minute because, oh my God, it wouldn't be a hot minute without Taylor and we have some major updates. So stay tuned because coming up next. What is a pet peeve? A pet peeve is defined as something that a particular person finds especially annoying. Even though we all clearly know what a pet peeve is, just thought I had to define it to give us a little frame of mind into how we're going into this. So what creates a pet peeve? What creates something that we are annoyed by or seem naturally annoyed by? Because I feel like a lot of the time when we think of a pet peeve, it's sort of this unexplainable phenomenon. It's very hard to describe why it's a pet peeve when people are asked, oh, why does nails on a chalkboard? That's that's a classic example. But like, for example, one of my really big pet peeves is when people's butt cracks are showing in their pants. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a pet peeve. Somebody asks you to justify why it's annoying or it just rubs you the wrong way. And a lot of the times we come up short with an explanation because it just seems so innate in our nature to be appalled or annoyed, irritated, disgusted, etc. with 
such stimulus that we've encountered. I previously mentioned schemas in another podcast episode, but if you didn't listen, a schema is this idea that when we are learning about a word, idea, topic, etc., our brain begins to associate that word with two things, an image and a feeling or an emotion, and it creates this broad category of whatever your learning is in your head. For example, when we're first learning what a dog is, we learn the image. We learn that it has a tail, four legs, a head, eyes, etc., but then we also along with that image, attach an emotion to it, whether we consciously realize it or not. Most of the times with animals, it's positive, I would hope. But regardless, if you have a negative experience, that dog is going to be forever associated with some sort of negative connotation to it. Basically, once a word is associated with something, an emotion of disgust, irritation, a negative, especially a negative emotion, it is very hard to our brain, for our brain to unlearn this initial association thus creating a mental pet peeve. It is not always this hard to deter from a cemented annoyance. For example, you might be annoyed by something when you were really young and now it doesn't bother you that much. I can think of salads. A lot of people, as they're an adult, their food palate expands and they grow to like more foods that they didn't like. Or when they were a child, it seemed annoying, irritating, you didn't like it. And now as an adult, you love to eat that food. It's hard to unlearn such schemas and negative associations when they're associated with a negative experience, more so not just hearsay. For example, if you're first learning what a dog what a dog is and your mom had a very bad experience with dogs, you might associate a negative emotion to it for a little bit growing up, but then once you encounter more of a positive interaction with the animal yourself, then your experiences will triumph what you were first learning about and alter the schema a little bit. It has been found generally that men express higher level of a general annoyance when women are more concerned and have pet peeves about their health and hygiene related situations. No surprise there, we all know women are superior. That being said, there are three U's of annoyance that can cause a pet peeve something that's unpleasant, something unpredictable, and something of uncertain duration. Something unpleasant can be defined as the annoying stimulus can't be something we like. It's something that we generally just just do not associate with, something that we have steered clear of, something that has just been, you've been told from the get-go, do not go here, don't do that, it's gross, it's disgusting, whatever. The next, unpredictable. Something can become a pet peeve when there is no way to determine when the annoying stimulus will happen. For example, babies crying on a plane. I think that is very much a common pet peeve and very unpredictable. We cannot know when the baby is going to start crying. And then when it does, we put noise-canceling headphones in and we hope for the best. The last is something of uncertain duration. The stimulus is repetitive and will be continued for an indefinite amount of time. I can't really think of a specific pet peeve of mine that is of an uncertain duration, but regardless, there are several. These three U's are expressed in three broad categories of our lives. So there are three categories of our lives that we can filter this annoyance and negative emotion toward. One is a social, environmental, and interpersonal. Social pet peeves are caused by violation of social norms. For example, when somebody doesn't hold the door for you when you're about to walk into a store, 
That's also one of my biggest pet peeves. And the door slams in your face. A social norm would be to hold the door for the next person that's coming. An environmental pet peeve could be an annoyance caused from a sound or a smell. For example, when the garbage truck passes by and it causes some sort of sensory annoyance. The last category would be interpersonal, which is different than social, as it relates to annoyances caused by individuals we are around constantly and just sort of mannerisms that they have. A lot of common pet peeves can be surrounded by somebody's chewing or eating mannerisms. That would be considered an interpersonal annoyance. When we become annoyed, our brains are sort of shocked back into focus and we are naturally more aware of our surroundings and pay more attention to the stimulus, ergo encoding a very strong message in our brains saying that this is bad and we do not like it. This is thought of as some sort of evolutionary mechanism and form of protection, as some sort of physiological sign that this person, place, thing, action, etc., is something that can be potentially harmful for us and we should stay away from it. Obviously, a lot of pet peeves aren't that detrimental to our lives, but that's just a little evolutionary background into why it seems so natural to us and this phenomenon can just arise out of nowhere sometimes. We don't even know why we're annoyed at something we just are. So that brings me to what happens in our brains when we encounter such a strong negative stimulus. A study was done at Wellcome Institute and Newcastle University that tested pet peeves by studying participants' brain activity while listening to common sounds that people find irritating, along with studying the participants' expression. They played sounds such as nails on chalkboard, board, oh my god, people saying the word moist, and I'm sure I just gave you all some sort of cringe, so sorry about that. Regardless, they found the amygdala had the largest amount of brain activity, which we know is the part of the brain that regulates arousal and emotion and processes all the sensory hormones and goodness that gives you happy, sad feelings, etc. The amygdala is a main contributor to our limbic system, which is a collection of brain regions that has to deal with how we feel and react to things. Along with the amygdala, we have the cingulate cortex, which is in the anterior of our brain, aka the gatekeeper of emotion and the hippocampus, which is the consolidation of memories from short to long term. When we encounter, for example, like I said, a child crying on an airplane, we immediately feel anger to a certain degree. That is, whether we realize it or not, our biological first reaction is anger. This surfaces from the cingulate cortex. This negative emotion is then processed and encoded into a memory by the hippocampus, who remembers who, what, where, when, and why, associated and brought up this negative emotion within our body. Lastly, the amygdala emphasizes arousal and encodes the negative experience. Negative experiences are naturally encoded and remembered by our brain much easier and stronger than neutral ones were to. Which brings me to why are some pet peeves universal? Think about it. We all lead such different lives. How can we all be collectively annoyed by the same mannerisms, by the same smells, by the same sounds, by the same reactions, etc. Irritation and disgust are two categories of annoyance that are universally expressed and experienced. Irritation takes care of behaviors like bad parking, rude servers, incorrect grammar, loud telephone calls. Disgust 
on the other hand, covers things like loud chewing, the sight of nauseating, something, something's being, I don't know, it just says the sight of nauseating. Maybe that's something that makes you nauseous or something that is unclean that provokes a nauseous feeling in your body. Some universal pet peeves, such as nail on a chalkboard, have evolutionary explanations as the sound resembles warning noises made by monkeys as both are high frequency and a rough sound. Another universal pet peeve comes in the shapes of words, such as moist. Sorry again. (laughs) This phenomenon is known as word aversion. Linguistics describe this as when a word sounds itself inspiring disgust or the word literally means something that is negative or is the problem. Additionally, if making the word generates a lot of saliva and tongue movement, it may automatically physically be uncomfortable for our bodies to say, ergo creating a pet peeve. This also explains the mushy food phenomenon where people do not like mushy food as a pet peeve of theirs. That is also can be categorized as a stimulus that generates a lot of saliva, tongue movement that is just physically uncomfortable for our body to digest. All of that being said, Zeddy pulled 1,026 Americans to find out the top 2020 pet peeves. And here it goes. Number one, a malfunctioning hardware or slow computer. The fact that that's number one just shows how widespread technology has gotten. Holy shit. I guess when my phone doesn't work, I get really pissed off. Or when my computer is slow, it's like the worst thing in the world. The worst panic attacks ever. Not panic attacks, but just like stress from electronics is when you have some sort of attendance website in class and none of the campus wi-fi is working because all campus wi-fi is collectively shit and then the professor is like "Mm, i guess you weren't here today and i'm like "Mm, actually i was and the school i'm paying so many thousands of dollars for doesn't have fucking wi-fi and they have to go and they have to fix it that pet peeve is falls into this category and that is the only reason why i can extend understand this number one also i feel that a lot of computers, whether we like it or not, they're still new. Phones, they've been around for a while, but regardless, having them in our society historically is a relatively new concept. So the fact that we have everything at our fingertips and we just expect it to perform every minute, every second of every day because it's a machine, of course, it's going to be annoying when something doesn't work because we become so reliant on it. So it's of course, going to project a negative emotion out of us and form pet peeve. The second is coworkers not washing their hands before leaving the bathroom. That's not a pet peeve. That's just fucking disgusting. I don't care. I know I listen to podcasters online that are like, I don't wash my hands after I pee. I'm not touching my vagina. Okay, yeah, you were not touching, but we still encountered the restroom we still went in a bathroom public or not hands should be washed also if you're not washing your hands in the bathroom think about when else are you washing them outside of the bathroom if you're not if this person isn't washing their hands in the bathroom how often are you washing them then and that's a whole other concern in itself number three co-workers coming into work sick retweet pet peeve 
I understand that school, for example, and a lot of work environments are not conducive to illness, but they should be because you come to school sick. I literally sat next to, just sat down in my chem lecture and the guy next to me coughing, sneezing, disgusting, basically hacking up a fucking lung should not be there. I'm over here thinking I should have brought a mask or something. Like, I don't want to get sick. I am trying to avoid the college flu as much as possible. That is a pet peeve of mine. 10 out of 10. Recommend that as being on this list in the top three. Four is slow Wi-Fi. I feel like that goes along with computers. That shouldn't really be a major pet peeve. But then again, we're in America. So give them that. Number five is coworkers' bad breath or body odor. Oh, that my mouth physically frowned. I don't like that. Something, okay, something I am very, very conscious of is how I smell. I want to be the girl that people walk past and are thinking to themselves, wow, she smells so fucking good. What does she have on? I want to douse myself in perfume to that point, even though I don't want to waste it. Plug Mark Jacobs Daisy. That's my smell. Not going to gatekeep. Everyone should buy it. It's amazing. Regardless, if you have bad breath or body odor, what are you doing that you don't have deodorant? Natural deodorant doesn't work, okay? I need chemical grade, borderline toxic deodorant in my underarms, and I think all women can agree, to prevent sweating, to prevent odor. Not that I smell. Oh my God, it's making me sound like I smell. I don't smell, but like I have a really bad sweating problem because I have hormone imbalance. So, and I think I speak for a lot of women when we say, Maybe Old Spice, maybe something strong, we need it to work. Cut out the natural deodorant. I don't give a fuck. I'm all about nature. I'm all about the ecosystem, but I don't give a fuck. You need to smell good. And that's that. Number six is the printer being out of paper, jammed, or broken. 48% of people in this survey find it annoying or very annoying. You know, I don't really encounter printers on my day-to-day, and I feel like a lot of people don't kind of confused at why that's the top 10 also if it's out of paper i just go get more i don't think it's that deep number seven people calling or arranging meetings to discuss things that could have been an email 46 find it annoying or very annoying 46 percent uh hmm club meetings could be sent in an email most are sent in an email i understand in the corporate world a lot of meetings could have just been sent in an email, right? But at the same time, it's good to see people face-to-face. We need to get people back in the office. I don't think this should be a pet peeve. I think people should enjoy the physical company. And you know what? If the meeting was useless, that's an hour that you could say you were quote-unquote productive and you just got to maybe goof around. You got to see your favorite coworker. Who knows? I don't think that should be the top 10. Number eight, people using your mug. This is in the fucking workplace? I think this survey is in the workplace. Oh my god. Well, top 10 workplace pet peeves. Uh, people using your mug. Number 9, coworkers coming in late or leaving early. And number 10, not enough parking space. Eh, it happens. Enough with that. Working pet peeves. Here are my pet peeves. Some of mine. Number 1, when old celebrities do a comeback tour. Big Time Rush, for example. I don't know why this annoys me, but it annoys me so much. Big Time Rush, you're all old. You're all grown up. 
You have kids, move on. There's no reason for you to be doing a concert. I don't see the point. Your show wasn't even that big. You were no Hannah Montana. You were no Wizards of Waverly Place. No reason for you to tour. Nickelodeon's down here, okay? Disney Channel's up here. You're not here. You don't get to do a tour. Miley, Selena, Hillary Duff, like you name it, they can do a tour. Big time rush. Just leave it in the past. Number two, when my limb falls asleep. When my leg falls asleep, it is actually the most annoying feeling in the whole world. I want to cry. I want to scream. I want to do everything to get it to wake up again. It is the worst feeling to me. I hate it when my limbs fall asleep. My leg falls asleep when I'm tired. So, you know what? My pinky fell asleep last week for a really long time where I was almost going to call my mom and see if I needed to go somewhere for it because it wouldn't move. It would move, but it was just like stinging. I don't know. It was not good. It was not a good time. Number three, when young teenagers wear things that are too old for them. For example, everybody in my sister's grade, for reference, she's in eighth grade. Everybody in my sister's grade is literally wearing these Lululemon tops to school and it's just over-sexualizing them. I'm like, put your boobs away, okay? You have more boobs than I do, number one. And number two, there's no reason for you to be wearing those literally none stay young stay young also i think this is a pet peeve of mine not more so just because of what they're wearing but it's more so i feel like a lot of young kids in this up and coming middle school generation dead ass skipped an awkward phase i know i did not skip it i was probably reigning top of the awkward phase okay i had on the jankiest sweatshirt with the most multicolor leggings you could think of. I wore justice until I was in seventh grade. You name an awkward phase and I was in it. I did it all. I didn't even play fucking softball, but I had the whole softball justice set, you best believe. And I also wanted, <laughs> this is so stupid. I wanted glasses. So I literally convinced my mom and an eye doctor that I was somewhat nearsighted. And for that year, my school picture is the Justice soccer outfit. By the way, I didn't play soccer. And purple glasses. That is how much I wanted to fit in. I thought glasses would make people notice me. That's that's how awkward my awkward stage got, okay? And I think that was character development. That was character building. Everybody should have gone through that. And if you didn't, you didn't have a childhood. You didn't grow like you just did it. The girls that get it, get it. Because now I, I've learned. I've learned we moved on. Next, when people don't sweat after intense workouts, such as soul cycle. This is again coming from a place of what what do you have that I don't? I got the like the extra sweat gene. I was <laughs> this is again so embarrassing. I was at an Alpha Phi event this year. It was like our school's activity fair and my friend and I get back to her dorm and it was so hot outside. She looks at my shirt and goes, is that all sweat? And I was like, nah, I put water on it. I just put water on my face. It was all sweat on the shirt. That's how bad I sweat. And I was just standing there in the heat. Now imagine me after a workout. I look like it just fucking tsunamied on the bike, on the treadmill. So when people come out of soul cycle and they look like they didn't even move a limb, that annoys me. That just makes my stomach turn. I, I'm thinking, what what are you using? 
Like, are you using a bomb on your armpits and your body? Did you stop all sweat glands? Do you have Botox? What do you have? Tell me. I'm being serious. Somebody needs to tell me. Next, when guys wear PJ pants to the gym. Immediate dick. When guys wear PJ pants to the gym, when guys wear flip-flops to the airport. Just disgusting. Please don't do it. It's not cool. We're not in high school anymore. If you're wearing PJ pants to class, you got to rethink yourself. And when I say PJ pants, I don't mean gray sweatpants. Trust. I mean plaid sweatpants that look like they should be only worn for Christmas time and at night. I love a good flannel sweatpant on a man at night, not outside the building. I stand by that. That's final. Another pet peeve when you have gnomes all over your yard. I know the movie Gnomeo and Juliet. It was very cute. Gnomes are a pet peeve. I don't know why. They just annoy me. They shouldn't be there. They kind of freak me out. There's no reason for them to be just all over one's yard because you never you never see someone with just one gnome, okay? You pass somebody's house and they got at least two or three in that bitch. I swear, every time I pass a house with a gnome, they have a whole fucking collection, a whole family in the front yard. And I'm standing there and I'm freaked out. One of them's going to come to life and kill me in my sleep gnomes are creepy and they they just shouldn't be they're they're not a yard decor they're just creepy they're the porcelain dolls of the outside should not exist in groups one gnome is fine okay two eh, three you're done and then they got like some sort of contraption where the gnomes are supposed to like play in you got like a castle or something you gotta have the whole get up the whole setup it's like the outside barbie dream house keep it inside don't have it at all next i said this when you wear flip-flops at the airport and then when you're overly enthusiastic about crafts i don't know where i was going with that one tbh because i love me a good arts and crafts moment i must have been thinking of something specific when i wrote that uh when people don't use turn signals holy balls that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves to date If somebody doesn't use their turn signal, I get so mad. The inside of my stomach will literally feel like it's going to combust and I want to either throw up or shit or punch a wall because it pisses me off. How am I supposed to know that you were supposed to turn? You're going to cause an accident one day or another. It's ridiculous. Just turn the signal on. Literally put your index finger up or whatever pointer finger, whatever finger this is, (laughs) put the little doodad up two notches. So that everybody knows you're turning and turn. I don't understand how hard that is. It's not. Just do it. That also brings me to another pet peeve. Nobody here follows the rules of the crosswalk. I don't know if it's just because I'm from suburbia or what. Because it's green. Cars are coming. And the students are like, actually, wait. Just wait. Because we're going to cross and you're going to wait. We're making it a red light by crossing, actually. That stresses me out so much. It's not more so a pet peeve. Mainly it's just a cause of anxiety when I'm crossing the street. I'm thinking to myself, uh, okay, so we're just changing the laws of traffic. Got it. Got it. Got to get on board. And now I have become guilty of this. I literally almost got run over by a car today because I was like, actually, you're going to wait and I'm going to go, even though you have the green light. I don't, call, call me a local. Call me a local Bostonian, if that's how you say it. Paper straws. Oh my god. Paper straws. 
paper straws. Where do we even start? Paper straws. I just paid $5 for this drink, right? $5. Probably super overpriced, maybe more than $5. You're telling me that I have to use this piece of, I don't know, paper to drink something and I can drink it for maybe a minute and then the shit goes soggy and then suddenly I'm left sipping out of taking the lid off, having to like maneuver my mouth around the cup, but then I'm also not trying to spill it on myself. Not only did I just waste money, but now my drink tastes like fucking paper straw. It's such a lose-lose. I love, love, love the environment and I love the sippy cup wave. Let's keep it there. Paper straws, like, we just need another option, okay? We need a better option that doesn't cause a waste of money and doesn't cause my drink to taste like I'm eating the wood chips from the playground. Lastly is when people don't answer my FaceTime call. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. I'm really bad at texting, and I've become a lot better at it recently, but I'm also really bad at calling people back. So when I do call you, you best pick up. (laughs) I don't know why I have such an attitude right now. I'm like, you better pick up the phone, but you should. And those are my biggest pet peeves as of right now, honestly. And that is all I have for this episode. I hope this helped you understand what a pet peeve is, some of the brain activity behind it, maybe help you make sense of a pet peeve or annoyance that you have that you don't really understand why. And now you know It's kind of an evolutionary response, kind of a response to how you learned how the world works when you were a kid and these schemas. Part of it is also just how our mouths physically say words, which is super, super weird. Never thought about it that way. Anyways, thank you so much for spending Sunday with me talking about everything all at once. Go hit up the Instagram. Go follow the pod. Send the pod to friends. Do whatever you can to help. Your girl would greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much. And I'll see you next Sunday. Hope you have an amazing, relaxing, fulfilling weekend. And I'll see you next Sunday right back here.